Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. On Valentine's Day, 1973, a boy named Sean asked a girl named Deborah out on a date, indirectly. He went for that decade's version of a text message, a note stuck in her jacket pocket. It did the job of posing the question that he couldn't, or wouldn't, deliver face to face. Deborah and Sean were students at Morse High School in Portland, Maine. Morse, home of the Fighting Shipbuilders, was a smallish school in a mid-sized town tucked into the southernmost point of the state. It was a nice setting for a teenage love story, which is what unfolded late that winter. Sean McKenna was a senior and class president. According to the Bangor Daily News, he took Deborah, a junior, to a party that next Friday. After that, they were official and things were good. That fall, when Sean went off to college, he gave Deborah his high school class ring. It was chunky and silver and set with a bright blue stone. In the language of the teenager, Sean had proposed a steady commitment, and Deborah accepted it. She wore his too large ring proudly for a few months, but it wasn't to last. The ring, that is. Deborah and Sean were doing fine. As NBC News Center Maine tells it, Deborah went for a shopping trip one day and stopped in the ladies' room. The Bangor Daily News reported that in order to deal with the sizing issue, Deborah had wrapped Sean's ring in yarn so it wouldn't slip off her finger. But that also meant washing her hands would create a sodden mess. Her solution was to always place the ring on the side ledge of the sink, wash her hands, and put it right back on after she finished. But this time, Deborah forgot. She walked right out of the bathroom and into the department store. It didn't take long for her to remember, but by the time she returned, the class ring was gone. She had to tell Sean, who was taking classes in Orono, a town two hours away by car. 
As she told New Center Mayan, Sean was ticked. But it wasn't that big of a deal. Deborah said, He got over it and said it's just a ring. It will come up if it's going to come up. The ring did not come up. And as time went on, it's unlikely Sean and Deborah thought of it often. After all, they soon had more permanent jewelry. They got married in 1977, when Deborah was 21. They were young, but very happy. And the McKinnas stayed that way, together, blissfully, for decades. The Bangor Daily News reported that Deborah settled on a career as a hairstylist, and Sean became a, quote, entrepreneur and adjunct professor. They moved often to many different cities. They had three children, and eventually, a number of grandchildren. Either of them would have told you, it was a good life. But in 2011, the McKennas faced something very serious. According to the local Fox affiliate, Sean was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. After a six-year battle, he passed away in 2017. It was the same year as their 40th wedding anniversary. The story of Sean and Deborah might have ended there, in Portland, Maine, celebrated by their friends and family, but not traveling much farther than that. Except for one strange thing. Sean McKenna's class ring would make a reappearance after all. In 2020, 47 years after Deborah left it sitting on a department store's bathroom sink. But it would take a Facebook group, a citizen detective, and a serious dose of, well, the unexplainable, to return the Morse High School class ring of 1973 to Deborah McKenna, all the way up in Portland, Maine. To follow its path, we need to flip pages, and a lot of them, to make it over to Ilta Sonomat, or the Evening News. It's one of the most popular newspapers in Finland. There we read about Karina, a small town on Finland's southwestern coast. It's just under 3,800 miles away from the McKenna's home in Portland, Maine. The Ilta Sanomat tells us about a man living in Karina, a sheet metal worker, around 40 years old, named Marco Sarnin. On a Sunday afternoon in January of 2020, Marco went out to a local forest to indulge in his favorite hobby, a long walk with his trusty metal detector. Marco wasn't looking for anything particular. Based on the Ilto Sonomat's reporting, it was more of a meander than a mission. But with work and a young family, he didn't often get to indulge in what he called his metal exploration. So this trip into what's described in the Ilto Sonomat as a berry forest and in the American press as a park, was relatively rare. Marco told reporters that he was used to finding junk, old cans, bottle caps, and so on, nothing to write home about. That day, he was just happy to be outside, scanning the forest floor. In the early afternoon, an unusual blip appeared on his scanner. It seemed there was something, what, he couldn't tell, deep beneath the dirt. It wasn't big, but the signal was clear, and Marco decided to investigate. As he told it to local reporters, he dug with several different tools, careful not to damage whatever it was that he might find. He shoveled away nearly eight inches of dirt in all until he came upon the object. A 
According to CNN, Marco at first thought that he'd found a child's prize, the kind of thing that one might find in a gumball machine. But this was no cheap trinket. There in the forest, in a town on the southwestern coast of Finland, was Sean McKenna's class ring. Have you ever wondered what it feels like to be attacked by an alligator? Or what goes through one's mind as they're stranded in a snowstorm? What Was That Like is the podcast for you. Real people come on every episode to explain the unbelievable situations they've been through. Guests share how they really felt during their most surreal experiences. They tell us what they did the morning before an earthquake, how it feels to win The Price is Right, and all sorts of details that you'd never learn anywhere else. If you're interested in hearing disturbing and inspiring firsthand stories, What Was That Like is the podcast you've been looking for. Every story is thoroughly researched and fact-checked, so you know that even the most unrealistic are someone's reality. Listen to What Was That Like wherever you get your podcasts. Marco was fascinated with this find. Even with the dirt, it was clear he had a special sort of ring on his hands, but it took some time to work out the lettering engraved in the silver. He eventually made out the year, 1973, and the initials, SM, and the words, Morse High School. On one side was an engraved boat, a symbol for the school mascot, the shipbuilders. Of course, none of it meant a thing to Marco, a man thousands of miles from Maine, who hadn't even been born when the blue stone had been chosen or the initials etched. But there was an odd coincidence. Per the Bangor Daily News, Marco was himself a shipbuilder. He did metalwork on plenty of crafts along the coast. Who knows what Marco thought about that coincidence? But it's clear his interest was piqued. So Marco carefully carried the ring home. And like any citizen investigator worth his salt, he sat down and began to Google. Morse High School was perhaps the easiest piece of the puzzle. He was able to find the school itself in Portland, Maine, easily enough. But what about the initials SM? Whether Marco knew about the popularity of alumni groups on Facebook, or if he landed there through a search, we don't know. But he eventually found a group for Morse High School, class of 1973. He was able to join the group, and on January 12, 2020, he posted a picture. The text read, Hello from Finland. I was metal detecting in deep forest and found this high school ring. Is this your class ring? The first commenter put it succinctly. Small world. Another pointed out that if it was a woman's ring, she would have very large hands. Another mentioned that girls used to wear class rings on necklaces. Their boyfriend's rings, that is. And group administrator Kathleen Nadia chimed in. Quite a story here. According to the NBC News Center, Marco messaged Kathleen soon after. Luckily, Kathleen turned out to be one of the few Facebook users who actually checks her other messages folder. So she saw Marco's note, hit reply, and the game was afoot. She was more than willing to help Marco find the ring's owner. And it didn't take her long. CNN reported that Kathleen could think of only two people in her class of 200 who'd had those initials. 
One was a woman whom the ring would never have fit. The other was Sean McKenna, the former class president. He was the obvious choice. But how exactly had his ring ended up in Finland? Kathleen did recall that Sean had taken a trip to that area, to Finland and to Russia, at some point. And per the Ilta Sanomat, she and Marco assumed that he must have lost it while abroad. There was a problem with that theory, though. Once Kathleen and Marco connected with Deborah McKenna, they learned that she'd lost the ring in that Portland bathroom 20 years before Sean had ever taken the trip. Deborah told the Bangor Daily News that he hadn't gone to Finland until the 1990s. And even then, he hadn't gone to the southwestern coast at all. No one had any idea how the ring had made its way to a berry forest in northern Europe or ended up eight inches underground. Marco the Metal Explorer hasn't offered up his own guess. But after decades of turning up detritus, musket balls, scrap metal, loose coins, he'd finally made a big discovery. And Marco's question, at least his initial one, had certainly been answered. He wrapped the ring up and sent it to Deborah, who received it in February of 2020. Based on the pictures that ran beside news articles, she wears it on her middle finger now. We imagine she's unwilling to lose it again. Every American outlet that interviewed Deborah seems to have asked her a different version of the same question. What do you think happened? What do you think this means? Deborah McKenna doesn't claim to know, but she has some thoughts. She's chosen to view it as a message from Sean, delivered just when she needed one most. She told NBC News Center he's probably getting a big kick out of it. In an interview with CNN, Deborah said, I was feeling lost for a little bit, and now I feel like, okay, he's letting me know that things are good that the decisions I'm making are right, and he's behind me on it, like he has been through my whole life. She told the Bangor Daily News, Sean used to say there's no such thing as coincidences. Quote, McKenna said she's felt adrift in the two years since Sean's death. And maybe, if you wanted to wrap things up neatly, you could say that there is a consistent thread of shipbuilding in this story. After all, a long-lost class ring helped, well, anchor Deborah, Or maybe, at least, brought her back just a little bit closer to the shore. We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers. From the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. One Strange Thing is an entirely independent production. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There, you'll get ad-free releases of our regular episodes, full-length bonus episodes, and plenty of other fun content. All for five bucks a month. We hope you'll check it out.